Hello and good morning, everyone. Only positivity here. I have my coffee with me. Ready to kick off the 11th podcast on this series that I'm looking to launch called Elevated Thoughts. So um, just level setting on what I'm doing here. You know, as I pursue knowledge and life experience in this next phase of life through fitness, photography, um, traveling, one habit that I've really formed is reading. So this podcast essentially goes through some of the books I've been reading as of late, um, taking those lessons learned and applying them to experiences in my life. So before diving in um, to the last part um, of The Alchemist, um, I guess it's just time to go through the story. So, um, you know, as, as a young guy, you know, I, I have a, a, a small group of guy friends, but, you know, we're all around that age where we're getting married uh, and our bachelor parties are coming up and whatnot. So we're very one thing we, we, we really look back on or we look forward to is the fact that, you know, we're all really lucky to be going to these places that we go to for our bachelor parties. Um, you know, we've gone to Mexico, um, Calif- I've been to California, Vegas, um, and a few other places. So, you know, a few years ago, I had the opportunity to go on a bachelor party with one of my closest friends. And um, we actually went to um, a place called Macau. So um, for those of you that don't know where Macau is, um, Macau is a Portuguese type colony um, that's a 45 to an hour um, boat ride away from Hong Kong, right? So we flew into Hong Kong and we took a boat from Hong Kong to Macau. And so what they call Macau is the Vegas of the East. And, you know, a quick background on Macau, um, it's decked out over there. You know, I would say it's a million times better um, than America's Vegas. Um, the hotels are cheaper and five-star quality. Um, I'm not a big gambler, but the casinos from, you know, what I saw were extremely nice. Um, and there's a little bit of everything there, right? So they have that casino nightlife. They have the nice restaurants, um, the rotating restaurants at the top of the towers and everything like that. And um, they also have a, a Chinese Macau, which is where there's a lot of history. There's a lot of churches that are very old. There's vendors in the, in the streets. Um, you can get a lot of jerky and, you know, the, the food that's really native to that area. Area. Uh, so it's a it's a nice place. I'd recommend anyone going there. There's a little bit for everyone there. But anyway, so um, I went there with a group of guys, with a group of my closest friends, and um, it was one of our, if not the craziest trip I think we've all taken, um, especially that I've taken in my life. So um, essentially, you know, amongst a, a host of uh, ratchetness or mischief we got into over there, um, one one funny thought comes to mind. So you know. On, on one of our first nights there, we actually um, ended up going to going to a club, you know, um, we were just having a few drinks and, you know, I'm not gonna lie, I was buzzing a little bit, you know, so um, we're just doing our thing, we're dancing, we're jumping around, we're wilding out a little bit, you know, so, um, you know, throughout the night, you know, I gotta use the restroom, you know, I gotta go to the bathroom, so, you know, one of my buddies had to go with me, so we, we go to the bathroom and you get in there and um, it is suited to be like a, a multi-person bathroom. But it's it's super small, right? And that's the thing about that side of the world. Everything is just very compact. So um, you know, there's multiple stalls in there, but the the room is the size of like a storage closet. It's really really small. Um, and so this bathroom is. So um, I am talking. I'm going to the bathroom, right? I'm I'm in the urinal. I'm standing up at the urinal. And my buddy is washing his hands. And all that's between us is like a board, right? That's um, 
mounted on the wall. So he just can't see my business while I'm going. So we're talking, you know, we're, we're kind of reflecting on the trip so far. We're like, yeah, man, it's really fun. I'm having a blast out there, you know, like some, some weird shit's going on, but like, we're having fun, you know, we're having fun. I'm glad we came out here. I cannot believe we made this 15 hour flight and then a two hour boat ride, um, to Macau. It's crazy that we, we all actually made it here. Right. Cause that's like an accomplishment in itself. Us actually just reaching our destination. So, um, we're, we're going over that, right? And I'm midstream, he's washing his hands. And so I looked, I looked down and the whole, this whole time, um, this whole time I have been essentially pissing on the wall. I've been missing the urinal the entire time, um, because I've been looking at him washing his hands while I'm going. And then, so, you know, I'm being bogus here. So I just kind of wash my hands and walk out of there and never talk about it again. Um, so, yep, that's a, that's a little bit of an interesting story. Um, things can definitely get ratchet when me and the guys link up. Um, but just some lighthearted humor for today, you know? Um, so, that being said, coming back into the story here. Um, so, we're, going, we're talking about The Alchemist um, by Paulo Coelho. And this will be the final um, part, part three, um, of diving into the book and some of the lessons learned there. So, you know, we left off the podcast... Um, by by with with Santiago and the note was really squashing any any fear of the unknown by believing in yourself right no matter what is thrown to your path um, in the future um, in the day to day being resilient is just knowing that you can tackle that um, as opposed to getting stressed out about it so you know we left off in the story where Santiago meets this Englishman um, who's searching for an alchemist in the desert so the alchemist turns metal into gold. So they both join this caravan, um, and they're heading into the desert. Uh, the Englishman is uh, seeking out an alchemist, and Santiago is hoping to reach the pyramids. So um, they, they, they embark on this journey, right? And um, they're leaving. As they leave the city, they look back, and everything becomes um, more and more faint and distant on the horizon. And Santiago is just looking back, right? He's seeing the the city that he came from just disappear in the distance. So this guide, um, who is you know kind of shepherding them through the desert, um, just looks at Santiago and says, "There's no turning back now. And when there's no turning back, you can only worry about the best way to move forward." So. That's a really powerful statement, and we'll, we'll get into that, right? But this is also super bogus, because if some guy just looked at me and said that quote while I was turning around just looking backwards, I'd be like, okay, you know, once again, Morpheus, like, relax. You know, that's a super hard flex. I totally get it, though. Um, so, but this is another solid example, right, why we shouldn't live in the past, right? So it's out of our control. Whatever occurred in the past is out of our control. And, you know, one one thing, one thing that that so this is a long-winded story i'm about to go into but one thing that's interesting is um you know i reflect back on my life and some of these um these lessons learned right so um i i am not afraid to admit that i was i was a big time liar right i like i think i bordered on the pathological you know the uh, uh horizon or the the pathological line so you know um i just didn't know how to say no to people and and so i'll just lie and think that would be the proper way to go about it, right? So, like, I'll, I'll use an example. Like, many times my friends um, or even my family would um, would have, like, a function or a gathering, um, like, a week or two um, ahead of me. And they would really want me there, you know? So, and I could see that. And I just didn't want to disappoint them. So, I would say, yeah, you know, I'll be there. I'll be there, right? Um, I'm coming. So, um, 
but as the date got closer, they would confirm with me. I'd say, yeah, I'm coming. But then the day of, I'd make up some like elaborate excuse, like you know, oh my car broke down, you know, my house fell apart, my my legs are broken, or something crazy, right? And everyone, everyone involved in that interaction, including myself, knew I was bullshitting big time. But s- somehow, right, my friends, my family, they still you know find it in their hearts to have dealt with me during that time. Um, but the point of this is, right? So. I recognize now that what I did was wrong, right? And so over the past few years, I've had to course correct and I've had to really push honesty on myself, even if it's tough sometimes. But I could live in the past and I could say, hey, look, you know, I'm I'm just like that guy. My parents used to get down on me about lying and, you know, rightfully so. And I could I could totally be like, you know, I'm this I'm this terrible son. I'm this terrible guy, but I'm not right. Um, I've changed. Um, I've become better. I've become more honest. And all I can do is look at my past in a positive way, but not not stay there, right? Look back and be appreciative from where I was, where I am now, and then move forward. So anyway, back to the story. So Santiago's learning a whole bunch, you know, in the desert. And what they do is they stop at an oasis, and he sees how beautiful this place is, right? There's palm trees. There's a, there's a well for water. Um, he just sees, like, a lot of folks tidying up the place. They're really... Um, cognizant of how cleanly the place is and they're taking care of it and this is in the middle of the desert right so he he starts to realize something and this is really deep um he says alchemy is something that can be learned in one's daily life turning anything into gold not just metal turning anything into gold so i'm gonna take a second and talk about um friendship right or like relationship in general but let's talk about friendship so Right now, right now with a quarantine and but just in general, I want everyone to take a second and just think about the people who would truly be there for them if they were down and out or if they're experiencing difficulty. How many people could you really call upon? So the number is not important here, right? Just just putting that out there. The number of people is not important. So I'll, I'll, I'll bring this back to my example. So when, when, I, when I left my parents' house, when I moved out of my parents' house, it was very abrupt and I just kind of left. Um... But there were there were six people, right? My boys, my main guys, who um, took me in. With there was not, it was a seamless transition. They just took me in, um, and they took the time to check up on me, right? Because I was this guy who was like, you know, I don't need nobody, right? Whatever. And they they knew that about me, but they knew I needed them. So they were there for me, even when sometimes I didn't want them to be, or they didn't need to be. So my fiance is included in that as well, right? So. I pretty much rotated crashing with all the guys and my fiance during this time. But they all came together for me, right? To spend time with me as I went through a difficult time. But the moral of this story is, is that I stopped being unconscious about my friendships with them in that moment, right then. And I should have done it a long time ago. But I was going to turn those relationships into gold, right? I was going to be intentional with that friendship. I was going to tell my friends I love them. I'm going to hug my friends when I see them, right? Every time we see each other, we hug each other for a, a quick second, you know? And we embrace each other. When we when we call each other before we hang up the phone, we say I love you to each other. Um, when we see each other in person, we say I love you to each other. And I genuinely love these guys, genuinely love my fiancé. Um, there's no one else like them out there. But this is just a thought here, right? So I, I just want everyone to think about that. How many relationships do you have where you're intentional? 
right? And you want to be intentional, right? I I want to elevate my friendship with my guys. I want to be closer to them. I want to have deeper conversations with them. I want to create a bond that is second to none. Um, and I do not have time for obligatory relationships in my life, right? I don't have time to um, just make my rounds with people. To me, that is, that's not, there's no point in that. Um, so I choose to just turn everything I can um, into gold in some manner, right? Friendship is an active commitment, and if it's true, right, we're going to go and use another quote from a book. It's only those who are persistent and willing to study things deeply who achieve their master work. That, that's applicable to friendships, right? That's applicable to relationships. The more persistent, diligence, diligence, sorry, conscious you are, the, the more benefits you will reap from that situation. And, you know, the, the more lighthearted you will feel um, and the easier it is on your heart. But we can go forward. We, let's talk about another example, right? Um, uh, let's say meditation. Meditation. So I'll tell you one thing. I've recently started quote-unquote meditating because I don't think what I do is meditating. Um, it sucks. Meditation sucks. So you think it's going to be like this enlightening experience and I'm going to start you know, floating. I'm going to be completely at peace um, and I'm just going to ooze tranquility and that could that could be true at some point um but let me tell you this shit is not easy my friends so about three or four times a week i try to close my eyes for 10 minutes and just you know sit in that crisscross applesauce position just on the floor and close my eyes for 10 minutes so now i get through it because i'm like you know i'm not going to open my eyes but sometimes that 10 minutes feels like two hours man um, I try, I try to focus on like, you know, breathing in through my nose and feeling that air come through my nose and then feeling the air exhale throughout my mouth. But after about two minutes of that, like my mind starts to wander and I have to like snap it back into check. I go, okay, you're focused on your breathing again. So like, I start thinking about what, like everything I thought I started thinking about what I should eat, you know, reflecting on the past, about the future, you know, past relationships, my parents, you know, issues, cute dogs sometimes. I just have to check myself, you know? Like, I'm supposed to be thinking about the color black and um, focusing on my breathing. That's that's what I've read to do, like, as an introductory to meditating. It's not easy, right? So, like, at, as the weeks go on, I try to add on, okay, do it for 11 minutes or do it for five times a week. But it's, it's, not, really, it's not really as easy or as seamless as... Um, one might think it is okay so the the point of that is it's only those who are persistent and willing to study things deeply who achieve their masterwork so time right time and effort um, are going to be key for me here and i'm not afraid of it i'm not afraid that it's going to be painful at times it's going to be kind of a challenge um, to get through all these things so we take that challenge in stride but let's come back to this story um, and go to the next point here so We've stated now that the Englishman and Santiago are stuck in the desert and the Englishman, right, they start getting into conversation. They're stuck there together. So um, he goes into the Englishman goes to how many years he's been pursuing alchemy. Okay, so um, Santiago starts observing the silence of the desert and he just realizes that everyone has their own personal legend and they're in search of that. And so no two people's personal legend are the same, but Santiago can respect someone who is in pursuit of their personal legend. 
And that relates, I think, directly to me and what I'm doing here. There's there's certainly room, right, in what I'm saying, what I'm doing, for someone to judge me, right? It could be about weed when I talk about weed. Um, it could be about the pictures I take, the things I say in this podcast. But you know what? Like, all I'm doing here is I'm on a mission to find my personal legend, right, as Santiago might put it. And who is to say I'm wrong for what I'm doing, right? Who knows all the the, the answers that the world um, to the to the world's questions? You know, I don't think any one of us does. So why should I listen, right? Do like do you? I'm gonna say that. Do you? If you're if you're doing good things and you know it in your heart, just go ahead and do it. Like if my personal legend isn't hurting people or spreading negativity, I'll just go ahead and you know keep at it. Unless any and, and anyone else who's gonna be supportive, right on. And anyone else who's not, it's all good too, right? So I don't want to sound like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm arguing with some, you know, fictional person who's standing in front of me, but just a little insight into like the reason I'm doing what I do. So I honestly support anyone who is curious about taking that next step, right? Whether it be like an Instagram page, fitness, cooking, picking up a new book, or just, you know, embarking on a trip, somewhere right i support that right a lot of my friends are are getting into things now because we have a lot of time on our hands right some people are getting into their soundboards mixing music um I, you know i personally i'm coloring um and things like that a lot more i'm reading a lot more i'm walking outside a little bit more um one thing one thing to always do is you know if you feel somewhat of a judgy thought coming along right if you if you feel like a negative kind of vibe towards um something that someone's telling you um that they're embarking on just ask that question, right? Ask them what they're doing. Ask them what they're all about before you judge um, and jump to a conclusion, you know? So anyway, I feel like I'm soapboxing here, but, um, you know, just some thoughts I'm, I'm looking to share with you guys. So I'll bring it back to the book here. Um, so Santiago is in this oasis within the desert now, okay? So um, he hears that there's going to be a war between the tribes and that really starts to worry him, right? There's going to be like some desert war going on. Um, and he sees this caravan member, right? Who's a, who's a warrior um, in this tribe. And he's just sitting there, right? Like the, the, the shit's kind of hit the fan and he's just sitting there, sitting there eating and not faced by the idea of, of war. Okay. Um, so Santiago goes up to the guy and he asks him, like, aren't you worried about like a potential war breaking out here? And the guy says essentially this, he goes, right now the life is good. And all I have is this moment. So life's a party when you live in the moment. And life is this moment and nothing else. He says, like, when I'm marching, I'm focused on marching. If I'm fighting, I'm focused on that. And now is as good as good a day as any to die, right? So this this will lead me back. So, you know, what I what I think what, what I what I immediately thought of when I heard that quote was, you know, my favorite show, Peaky Blinders. So for those of you um, that don't know what Peaky Blinders is, um, it's a show that takes place in like 1919 through like 1930 right now. Um, the early 1900s, like the industrial industrial era, um, the manufacturing era um, in Birmingham, England, right? So it takes place in like that London, Birmingham, England vibe. So um, the main character is um, Thomas Shelby. And, you know, he's like the, the anti-hero, the main character in the show. Um, he leads the gang that is called the Peaky Blinders. So um, so this takes me back to a scene um, that, that was in the first season, okay? So he's at war with another mob boss who owns, like, these racetracks. His name is Billy Kimber. And um, so B 
Thomas Shelby is supposed to have joined with another like gypsy family and he's going to go take over um, Billy Kimber's business. Okay. So Billy Kimber somehow intercepts that and he, he comes straight to Thomas Shelby's neighborhood while the gypsies are at the racetrack. So he comes to this, their neighborhood with a gang of like 20 men and all Thomas Shelby has is six guys, six, seven guys. Um, so they're outnumbered almost uh, three to one. Right. So, um, they, so some of his scouts, Thomas Shelby scouts, um, come to the garrison, the bar that they're at and say, look, Billy Kimber's men, um, are in the lane. They're going to be here any minute now, 10 minutes, five minutes, whatever. So Thomas Shelby, right. He decides to have a drink and just wait it out. Um, and he's talking to the bartender and, um, amongst a lot of things, you, you tell him he's starting to come to terms, um, with the fact that he might die today. He's not sad. He's not happy. He's just kind of like no emotion. So he says, he says, all we have is one minute. And he calls it the soldier's minute. Um, it's a, it's a, it's everything all at once for one minute, right? Um, it's obviously not 60 seconds. It's just that when you go over the top in the war, um, you just ha it's all coming at you at once, right? Um, sh bullets fired, you know, cannons sounding, things like that. It's just, uh, um, an onset of chaos. Um, in that minute, all of it, all at once, all the emotions. So he says, anything before is nothing and anything after is nothing. So that's super dark and related to war, but it's all about being in the moment, right? The way to attain this hypervigilance and this focus and remove worry is by being in the moment, right? Be so heavily engrossed in the now that you can't worry about anything. Just focus on acting. Um, so that's a that's a good that's a that's a really good correlation for me of being focused on what is right now, right? Not clinging to any moments prior or future, but just being right there, right now. Um, so you know that's all I have for you guys today. You know I hope you guys have been enjoying the series um, Elevated Thoughts as I've been putting out these podcasts. Um, so feel free to leave me any comments. Um, I'm happy to um, have a banter with you guys. But um, that'll be all for now. And remember, only positivity. Thanks, guys.